0: Okay, thank you, everybody. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You may be seated for a little bit, um, and you can go to Acts 10, chapter uh, verse 38. If any of you have the uh, cards, if you'd hand those to me before you leave, that, before we leave today, that'd be great. I, I have uh, two so far, but I know there's more. Um, Acts 10:38. As we begin. The Lord anointed Jesus with the power of the Holy Ghost to heal the sick, set the captives free, and deliver the oppressed. It's a very powerful scripture. And this part, part two, we're talking about how to become a healer, how that actually happens. So because I have a lot of information, this is a 12 part series, which if you want to get that, once again, you can go to my app on your app store and it'll be up in the next two weeks. And that's 12 uh, hours of detailed teaching on this. And and those CDs or those teachings are $2 a piece. So you can just download them right onto your uh, Device, whatever your device may be, it'll just download right, right onto it. Praise the Lord. Okay, and that's the easiest way to get it and the most inexpensive. If you get the CDs, they're about seven dollars a piece. You want, you want to do that? That's up to you. But you know, downloading it is just so much cheaper, and you have all that information on there. And we have many other things on there like that as well, and are adding constantly. Uh, so, how to become a healer? This is a very important issue for your life. And so uh, we covered a few things this morning. We covered about five or six things this morning. Wounds, hurts, bitterness, trauma, uh, painful memories, and I believe that was it. So, uh, and sick ideas. So we covered six things out of 15 things Uh, So I'm not going to be able to go through all those and all that, but I will, like I said, if any of you are interested in doing the detailed uh, study, that I recommend it so that you can become a full, total healer. Just remember that your happiness is at stake, in my personal opinion, of 46 years of doing this. That happiness is the fruit of you having supernatural powers to heal broken people that is what's really going to make you complete and happy. Praise the Lord, because it's why you were created. It's why we're saved. And it's why you, uh, you know, should really, really work hard on this and follow it through and not take it lightly. The danger to this becoming a reality for you falls into several categories. One, false contentment. So once you're content with what you have, no matter what it is, your journey ends. So your journey ends at the point of contentment. Contentment makes you stop doing things and it makes you dwell in that contentment. So there's bad contentment, contentment that is not of the Holy Spirit and does not come from God. Most people in church have that. They have that false contentment. That's why they don't win souls. That's why they don't do what every Christian is supposed to do. That's why they skip church on a regular basis. That's why they don't have uh, mentoring in their life. That's why they don't read the Bible. Wow. If you go to Barna Research, which in Christian circles, Barna is one of the top researchers, you can find and you can look it up there that 80% of people that go to church don't have the same worldview that the Bible has. They get their world view from humanism and other philosophies and other ideas that actually don't come from the Bible. So if everybody that was a Christian had the same ideas that the Bible has, then we would be the most powerful force on planet Earth. 50% of Christians think it's okay to have abortions, and the other 50% don't. Well, you'd have to read your Bible to see what God thinks, and then as a true Christian, you would, of course, Conform to God's idea. Praise the Lord. And so, not all Christians believe that either. And only 17% of Christians actually believe that the Bible is God's written, given by God to man, inerrant word of God. 17%. 17%. Uh, other statistics like that, which, like I said, you can confirm them by looking them up for yourself. But uh, when he describes, for example, he describes, uh, what's the name he gives them? Engaged Bible readers. That's what he called them. And it says what the definition of an engaged Bible reader is that, there. And the, the definition is a person who reads the Bible at least four times a year. four times a year, praise the Lord. So, when I'm talking about this tonight, you becoming a healer, I'm not talking about La La Land or fairies or, you know, nymphs or some kind of twinkle, twinkle little star. I mean, I'm talking about the divine powers of God flowing out of you to heal and restore people's lives. Where you can have miracles following you around without having to be a minister of any kind. Just a normal believer with whatever job you have and whatever you do. This is the ideal and the highest thing we could have is everybody in the church being healers. That would be the most powerful thing and the most productive and the biggest blessing for the church. Praise the Lord. But we do have a sleeping church, and we also have a church that's in a Bible famine. And uh, that's a whole other message. But I just want everybody to to get that in your heart. So we went over wounds, hurts, bitterness, trauma, sick ideas, and painful memories. Then uh, we—and nightmares. So we have uh, personality healings. We have inner addictions. We have twisted desires. We have sexual abuse. We have betrayal. We have brokenheartedness. We have— taking other people's hurts and wounds on yourself or people that you love that have been hurt by other people, and you pick up that pain and take it into yourself. That happens a lot to a lot of us. Then there's the pain of failure. You failing someone you love breaks your heart. It breaks your heart when you love someone and fail them. That brings pain also. you got to be healed from all of those things. And then... Um, Shame and guilt and all the things that come with shame and guilt for the sins you've done that you're ashamed of and the sexual sins you've committed that you might be ashamed of, whatever those may be in whatever areas. Then there's a whole realm of pornography, Uh, and you can look this statistic up for yourself. So almost 70% of Christian men are addicted to pornography and almost 42% of women are addicted to pornography, and that's from the ages of six years old all the way into their 80s. So you have women that I've had purity conferences where I've had literally the stage full of people over 70 years old addicted to pornography and children six, seven, eight years old all over the place just repenting. And entire families, father, mother, and all the children, all addicted to it all at the same time because it just runs rampantly on their TV. And there's no, no monitoring. And, you know, they don't get rid of it. It's just there. You can just turn to it. And if the child's there alone, I mean, you know, they don't know. And so they're going to get, you know, trapped into things that are not a good thing for them. Praise the Lord. These things have to be healed in your life. Then you have demonic Uh, presence that you actually have to be healed and delivered from. You have curses. You have iniquities, which are in your DNA, that you have to be healed of. You have the whole realm of witchcraft that you have to be healed from, witchcraft being personality people who dominate you, bully you, intimidate you, control you, put blackmail on you, emotional blackmail, psychological blackmail, and blackmail you with threats, insinuations, and ultimatums. This is all witchcraft. And so all of this kind of stuff, and control and manipulate people through their emotions, whether it's explosive emotions or self-pity or victimized or feeling unloved or accusing you, slandering all things, telling you you don't love them, all the different things. All that is witchcraft. You have to be healed of these things as well. Praise God. I'm just going over it, maybe to whet your appetite, to understand there's a big, there's a lot for you to enter into that perhaps you haven't even touched the hem of the garment yet that maybe God wants you to have in your life. Praise the Lord. So all of those things, then you have people problems, uh, many, many things in that realm, rejection, and then abandonment, and then loss. Loss is anything you've lost that's broken your heart. You've got to get healed of that. It doesn't just go away on its own. Praise the Lord. Some things felt very deeply by some people and they never recover all the way to their death. And so that's not supposed to be that way for you and me who are believers and who actually believe that Jesus paid the price for us to be made totally whole from all damage. Amen. Amen? Tell that to somebody totally whole from all damage and give somebody a high five and say praise God. Okay, so uh, let's talk about how you become a healer, and let me give you general things on that, because again, because of time, I won't be able to get into all the details, but I'm going to give you enough to have a lot of wonderful information for you to begin to work on. Number one, you should pray and ask God to give you a heart of compassion, because that is the number one secret of all healing of any kind. Compassion is the ability to feel other people's pain. That's what compassion is. And you can never trust a person you, you, that doesn't feel your pain. So if you're in a relationship with a human being who does not feel your pain, they're going to then be the source of your pain sooner or later. So to be with a person who actually has compassion is to be in the presence of a medicine. People with compassion are medicine. Someone who is tender towards your feelings and aware of what you're going through and has compassion on you will reach out and do whatever it takes to get you healed. And that's what you want to ask God to give you is a heart of compassion. You either have it or you don't have it. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound very weird, but this is my observation. Most men don't have it naturally, and most women do have it naturally. That's my observation, okay? However, most women who have it naturally and don't find uh, divine results from it get wounded by the rejection of their efforts to help somebody. And so then they stop doing it. Men, because basically men are shallow, they like shallow. They don't like getting too deep because deep hurts. And they just avoid it, and they like friends that are shallow or that have a specific area of conversations that they have, for example, around fishing. We're fishing buddies. We talk about fishing all day long, and we never have conversations about anything. We're baseball buddies. We're football buddies. We're, we're truck buddies. We're whatever. And they can have long-term relationships for all of eternity because no, none of those men are ever going to stop and say, How are you doing? How's your heart? These are not conversations that happen between normal men. We don't walk up to each other and say, "How's your heart doing, brother? How, how are?" You? No, I don't ask Jack those questions. I say, "Have you been lifting weights? You look really big." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I've been doing that. Praise the Lord." Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not that it's bad or that it's not, it's just the makeup of two individuals. And 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 some of that is of God and some of it, some of it is not. For example, it it helps if you have an over emotional wife to be stable, solid and not too emotional as the husband. Because the secret of marriage is to not do crazy at the same time. That is the absolute truth. Somebody has to have their head on straight while the other person is losing their mind. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't make for very deep and intimate relationships. But it does work as far as keeping the boat from turning over or burning the house down. If two people do crazy at the same time, then the world is going to end because nobody knows what to do. How do you stop two crazy people? It's pretty much over with. And then that role is sometimes switched. Sometimes the man is the highly emotional person, highly this, highly that. It's very rare, but it does happen. And then the woman's very solid, very stable, very strong. Get your act together, dude. Be a man. Not good, not necessarily good or bad. It's just life. So, but remember, compassions two. If you're going to become a healer, you're going to need supernatural help, which will require two things. One is fasting. Two is pinpointing the gifts you actually want and asking God for those gifts, which I'll outline many of those tonight. Three... Pray in the Holy Spirit a lot. Spend a lot of time praying in the Holy Spirit because what that does is it sharpens your spirit man. Remember that you have a body, a soul, and a spirit. So here's basically in a nutshell how how it works. Whoever you are here tonight, you are ruled by either your body. Your body ruled means that you are a person who literally lives their life based on their physical appetites. Your physical appetites and the things that come from your body, the urges, appetites, hungers, lusts, wants of your physical body rule your life. So that brings a lot of judgment into your life, a lot of judgment. Because with all of those wants and desires and urges and impulses, you're defying the path of light and have to walk in darkness because your body is not under the control of the Holy Spirit when it is in charge, it is under the control of your Adamic nature. Two, you have soul-dominated people who are ruled by their mind, will, and emotions. Those three things dominate their life, and that's what rules them, and they make their choices from those three realms. You have very few people who are ruled by their spirit, which is what you're supposed to be ruled by, which is your conscience, intuition, and communion with God. So those three levels should dominate the soul and dominate the body. When your spirit dominates your soul and dominates your spirit, you make the right choices, you live the right life, and you end up having the right experiences. Because you're being led by the Holy Spirit because your spirit is stronger than your mind, will, and emotions. And stronger than your body, appetites, lusts, wants, desires, urges, addictions, and all of those kind of things. Praise the Lord. So you wanting to be a great Christian and be happy, well, you can't have your body ruled and you can't have your soul ruled. You can only do it if your spirit ruled. And the only way your spirit becomes stronger than your soul and your body is by praying in the Holy Ghost a lot. Because that, the Bible says, Jude 20, verse 24, that you build up or build up your inner man, your literal inner man is empowered and strengthened with power and might and wisdom and revelation. Praise the Lord. Next, if you want to become a healer, you need to ask the hard questions. A person who asks hard questions will always get truthful answers from God. If you ask God a, a wrong question, he will not answer you. So you need to ask God questions that he will answer. And those are hard questions, like this one. How many people have you led to Jesus since you've been saved? This is a hard question. Okay, If you've been saved 30 or 40 years and have not led anybody personally to Jesus outside of the church building, led nobody to Jesus outside of the church building, this is a mismanagement of your Christianity. Because there is no way that Jesus would tell any Christian to not share the gospel with the lost. Therefore, you are not in obedience to the Holy Spirit. You're in disobedience, and therefore you're having experiences that God never planned for you to have. This is a hard question, but it deserves the truth as the answer. When you ask hard questions and don't lie to yourself and appease yourself, then you realize, well, wait, I haven't laid hands on any strangers at any grocery stores or anywhere, ever. Ever. This is mismanagement of your Christianity. Well, I haven't gotten anybody born again as far as I know in the last 20 or 30 years. Then you're living in an isolated cocoon of something But not where God wants you to be. Because, of course, Jesus, if you have fellowship with him, the first thing he's going to do is train you how to get people out of hell because God loves everybody and he doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He certainly doesn't want any of the family members that you have to go to hell. And you may be the only one in the entire family with a lifesaver and with the light. Now, you can reject what I said because it makes you feel bad or convicted or, wow, I mean, I mismanaged. Yes, you did. You mismanaged it. you got to just be honest. Christianity doesn't work for people that lie to themselves. You have to be honest with the answers and say, I have mismanaged my walk with God because I am not leading anybody to Jesus. I don't care about him. I'm never going to talk to him. I don't want to have anything to do with him. I'm intimidated by everybody. No, you have a spirit of cowardice. That's all. You're just a coward, and you need to get delivered by the Holy Spirit, so he gives you boldness enough to love a human, enough to get rejected by that human if necessary. But let me tell you that I have not been rejected ever, not one single time when I have spoken to anybody out of love and compassion, not one single time. I've never had anybody tell tell me, don't talk to me about that, be quiet, leave me alone, never, not one time. And I talk to people every week, at the airport, on the airplane, everywhere I go, I feel the urge, I approach them. I whisper normally, because I have found out that if you whisper and don't make a scene, it's much easier for a person to believe you care about them rather than you're putting on some kind of show. And so when I lead people to Jesus, I normally just grab their hand and, and don't even close my eyes, I keep them open, and I say, just follow me in this prayer. Just like that. And some of them will fall on their knees, some of them will whisper, some of them will just start crying, some of them will break down, all in public. I'm the one that's embarrassed. <laughs> on planes, I've done this so many times, and you know, sometimes, you're just sitting in the plane you look over and you realize this is a minnow a minnow is somebody you can catch very easily they just require a question would you like to go to heaven ma'am when you die? (laughs) what? I think Jesus sent me to talk to you about this I'm not crazy And I'm not going to raise my voice or make a scene. If you died now, do you think you'd go to heaven? Well, I hope so. Oh, man, would you like to be 100% sure? Well, yes, I think I would like that. I said, well, give me your hand. And then you just pray for them, and they get saved right there. You give them an address, They send them books, you send them whatever, and you keep up with them. But if you sit next to a shark, well, a shark is a different person. They're highly trained in the art of predatory killing. So their job is to kill Christians. They're they're sharks. They have very sharp teeth, and they know they will attack you as soon as you approach them. So you have to know how to catch a shark. You have to get a word of knowledge, and it has to be very dramatic. You killed a person, but nobody knows about it. (laughs) You're having an affair right now. Things of this nature. Now, if you're not brave enough to take a chance on the voice of God, then you'll never know if it's the voice of God. But to become a healer, you have to be brave. You cannot be a coward. Cowards never do anything. And that's what most Christians are today cowards. Well, I'm not feeling the love on that, so I'm going to go over here and encourage myself. Way to go, Brother Ivan. Praise God. That was awesome. You're freaking people out, brother. praise God. You're in Texas. People are packing. So there's many other things as well. You have to purge yourself of selfishness. You have to change the routine and direction and focus of your life. These are all important things. You have to learn the power of the victories of Calvary and what Jesus did. And these are just a few. There's many, many more, but those are a few things. If you just did those, you would activate many of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are either buried inside you tonight, or you don't have that God wants you to have. Praise the Lord. Lord. Let's go over what a healer is very quick. So I'm giving you three parts now on part two. So a healer, number one. So a healer is a hospital. So say that out loud, I am a hospital. So you are a potential hospital for people to check into. Now, you don't want to be the kind of person that when they check into the hospital, they find out they checked into an insane asylum. (laughs) Right? You don't want to be that kind of Christian. They, They get near you and they go crazy because you're crazy. So remember what I said this morning, a sick thing cannot heal a sick thing. So you have to go to Jesus in prayer and say, God... I want to get healed of all these, all these issues because I want to heal people through my life. I want to be a healer. It's the purpose of my existence. Okay? And, of course, the greatest curse you can have is laziness. Laziness and indifference. Those are the big curses. Indifference is I don't care whatever happens to anybody. I'm getting mine. That's a curse. It's a very terrible curse. Laziness is just being too lazy to do anything about anything and just going back to dead routines and watching TV till you die while you eat. These are curses. Not wrong to watch TV, not wrong to eat. But when, you don't, but when it steals from you your sacred time that God has given you to develop your gifts, then it becomes a curse to your life. And of course, most homes are now 95% dominated by their TV, 95%. Most homes have three to four TVs in them where the children have their own TVs, the parents each have their own TVs, and if they only have one TV, whoever controls the clicker runs the house. That's who the boss is of the house. Whoever runs that, that clicker, they're the boss. So that people say, well, I'm the boss. Well, no, I'm the boss. Okay, you get your own tea. Okay, I get mine. My... And so you got people all spread all over the place. You don't have to like what I'm saying, but I'm just telling you the truth, and I love you. And I love you. I love you. I care about you, but I'm telling you the truth. You don't have to like the truth. Remember, the truth is not always pleasant, pleasurable, enjoyable, or fun. A dentist may tell you I need to do a root canal. Well, that's terrible news you don't want to hear but he says if you don't it's going to spread to your whole mouth and i'm going to take all your teeth out do the root canal but you still hate him (laughs) nobody loves dentists praise the lord so think about that for god to make you a healer and to empower you to give you the powers of the holy spirit there are certain positions you must place yourself in you must go to church on a regular basis Because there's an anointing you only get from going to church. You don't get it anywhere else. Only church can give you the corporate anointing of healing. You can get healing things by yourself. But once you become an active member of a church, now you're being given the anointing on the church. Whatever that anointing or anointings are. And you will see progress in your life right away. Praise the Lord. So a healer is a hospital. Everybody said, I am a hospital. Not an insane asylum. Okay. You are a cure. Say it out loud. I'm a cure. This is what you are as a healer. You cure things. You're not supposed to be a disease. And some people that are called Christians are diseases. You get around them and get sick. These are really messed up people who do not surrender to the Holy Spirit. So say it, I am a cure, not a disease. disease. I am a divine appointment. appointment. Praise God. When they meet you, they're meeting a divine appointment. Their divine appointment is you. You are their divine appointment for that day. They may not know it, and this is not a matter of arrogance or pride. It's a matter of revelation based on destiny. So you say... Okay, everybody I meet today, I'm their divine appointment. And so while you're you meet, meeting people, you realize, what do you want me to do? What is the strategy here, God? What is it that, how do I reach this soul? Do I have access to that soul? Do I have a way of getting to the the root of that soul? Because in many cases, because of the circumstances, that will not be possible. Okay, I had to do jury duty. There's... 120 people in the room, but no one's allowed to talk. So I couldn't do anything. I couldn't say anything. I couldn't ask questions, nothing. But then when I got in my little group of 20 people, and they assigned me two or three people connected to my specific whatever, then all of a sudden, everything starts coming out. People are weeping and crying and all kinds of stuff is happening because the Holy Spirit just paired me with the right people and the girl on my left had been uh, molested many times and the girl on my right uh, had had a miscarriage or something like that and everything that happened in that whole scenario just put everything and then they found out I was a pastor and they were all shocked because I was not dressed like a pastor I had you know Workout clothes, and my hair was not combed, and it was everywhere. And they said, wow, you're a preacher? You look like a truck driver or something. (laughs) So I combed my hair and everything and praise the Lord. And then when the, the attorneys are asking me questions, I got to preach the entire gospel to everybody because of the questions they were asking me. So I had like 20, 30 people wanting to talk to me. I've never heard anything like that. That's the most beautiful thing. Because I got to tell them about rescuing orphans because the case was a, uh, the, the, the case happened to be a human trafficking case. Where the, 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 the couple in the case, the man got 40 years and the, the woman got 30 years. You are a divine appointment. Say it out loud. Praise God. You're not people's disaster, hurricane, volcano, or tornado. People shouldn't see you coming and have to pray in tongues. (laughs) Say, oh, my gosh, here they come. That should not happen. Right? People should not be afraid of you. Okay? If people are afraid of you, you probably have witchcraft on you. Nobody should be afraid of you. There's no being afraid of you. That's not Christianity. No, 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 no afraid of you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Harmless as a dove, wise as a serpent. If you scare people and if nine people that you know have the same bad idea about you and none of them know each other, you have a problem. And you have to say, God, I need to be healed because I'm scaring everybody to death. Nobody is, wants to be around me because I intimidate everybody. Please help me, Jesus. Because you're not going to be a healer if you're practicing witchcraft without knowing it. Yes, Jesus should, should be a gentleness coming out of you and a lack of intimidation flowing out of you. You shouldn't be terrorizing all Christian people on earth. Praise God. Say these words. I am, and this is really important, I am a home for the weary and lonely. I'm not an orphanage. I'm a home. I'm family. This is what you bring to the table, is you, when you're a healer, Make people who have no home, make orphans feel like they now have a family. Praise the Lord, like Lori's done. And like people that do what we do, do. Praise the Lord. You're people's home. You're not someplace people just come in as an institution. You're a family giver. This is part of of healing. Say it, I'm a deliverer and a chain breaker. I break chains, and I set people free. Praise the Lord. This is part of being a healer. Say, I'm a conduit. The Holy Spirit flows through me. I heal people with verbal language, and I heal people with gestures, insinuations, and direct commands because the Holy Spirit flows out of my life Like an unstoppable river. Everybody say it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. So many other things that that we can go into in in, uh, what is a healer. But that's a general kind of overview of that. Many more details you can get into that. But I just want you to know that as a healer, it's very important to know how this all works. Okay. Let's go into part three now. And let me begin to try and explain to you um, all of these different things. Praise the Lord. Um, so, number one and most important, and, and I want everybody to kind of get this, uh, be real, real clear about this, is the Bible in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, and this is information many of you have heard, but you can read it on your own, uh, it talks about nine gifts of the Spirit. Everybody knows those. Let's talk about those nine gifts. You may not know about these. So, you have the verbal gifts, which are prophecy, interpretation of tongues, word of uh, wisdom. So, you have these kind of gifts. You have revelation gifts, which, you know, uh, word of uh, knowledge. You have. Uh, discerning of spirits. You have the gift of uh, healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of faith. So nine in total, tongues, interpretation of tongues. So all of these are nine gifts that the Bible talks about are given to people. I want to give you something new today that you have not possibly considered, but from my observations of being a Christian, this is how I see it working. Okay, So uh, you have those nine gifts, and in those nine gifts, very important that God is going to give you one, two, three, four, five, or six, maybe more. Most of you, one. Some of you, two. Some of you, three, four, and five of those gifts the secret is that everybody is stuck on having those gifts function the same in everybody. This is a mistake because not everybody is a preacher. And so all the people that are not preachers don't know how to function in their gifts because they're not preachers. They don't have a pulpit. They're not standing in front of people. They don't get to prophesy to people, get discerning of spirits, cast out demons. They don't get to operate in the gift of healing or gift of miracles unless they're at church or something like that. So they don't have opportunity and they think the only way to ever do any of that is I've got to be a preacher. But no, you don't have to be a preacher. And, and my advice is not to be a preacher unless God calls you to be a preacher because it's it'll kill you. No one should be a preacher who's not called to be a preacher. It's just not something anybody can do. And you have, you know, a thousand people a week quitting preaching because they're not called to be preachers. And they are failures and disappointed and and are ungifted to do it. Not everybody's gifted to be a pastor or a prophet or an apostle or a teacher or an evangelist. But everybody's called to win souls. And from many of you that do souls, you will become an evangelist because you are called into one of those five gifts. Those are the office's gifts. And the office gifts don't work like all the other gifts. that I'm telling you, the office gifts require education and mentoring and waiting, years of waiting. You don't just become a po- an apostle overnight. You don't become a prophet overnight. You may have to be a Christian for 20 or 30 years Practicing your gifts before you actually enter the office of a apostle. Right. Pastoring, many people start pastoring at all kinds of ages. They're associate pastors. I know many father and son teams and things like that. They start young. They're raised up. They're mentored. They become that. But not everybody's going to do that. And an apostle is a person who has a gift to just multiply churches and build things all over the world. And it just they can just do it easily. And it's their it's their gift. And there's many other definitions for that. And a prophet is even more intense because it's a person who can actually see things and hear God say things. It's pretty heavy duty. So you don't just become that overnight. And you can't just put the title on your forehead and walk in a church one day and say, Pastor, I'm a prophet. You better let me say what I want or I'm going to curse the church and it'll dry up. Well, that's witchcraft. And that's what people do when they try to enter a fivefold gift prematurely is they enter witchcraft. Yeah, the fivefold gifts are something that is identified by other fivefold gifts. It's not something you put on your own self. You, you don't ever call yourself anything. You let people who are already those things call you that because they'll identify, they'll say, Yes, you are what we are. Wow. That's good. You don't just wake up some morning and say, I had a woman come up to me at a church, and a, the pastor said, You've got to talk to this woman. You've got to talk to this. Why do I have to talk to her? She's your, she's your person. I, I, I just you just got to do it and we're real close friends you know and I'm an overseer of the church and all that and I said oh okay so I I go in there to talk to the lady and as soon as I walk by her the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says she's got a heart problem so I turned around and I said Hi, how are you ma'am and I said ma'am before we get into it you have a heart problem I can see it and she goes what I said yes ma'am you have a heart problem she says, yeah, I just got from back from the doctor two days ago. And I've got all these issues with my heart I didn't know about. I said, well, why don't we pray about it? If God reveals it, he heals it. Hey, Praise the Lord. So I prayed for her and did all that. And then said, no, what's, what's, what's going on? And then this is what she told me. She said, I, one of the, the gift God has given me is to correct pastors. That's what she told me. I said, really? When did you get that gift? She says, well, actually, I got that gift like five days after I got saved. And I've been correcting pastors ever since. I said, how many of them have kicked you out of their lives in churches? Oh, lots of them. But God told me they would do that. So you're being persecuted? Yeah. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, stop the conversation now because she will die. Because for me to go into that conversation, I would have to literally undo her. And I just didn't have the heart to do it. I said, well, praise the Lord. I guess we're done. She goes, we're done? Yeah, I think we're done. He looked at me. We're done? Yeah. So we were done. The Spirit of God is going to move through you in a way he doesn't move through other people. It'll be spectacular and amazing. So get that into your head. You are not me. You do not need to be me. You may be a car salesman, and that's where God will move through you. For example, my oldest brother, who was an alcoholic and just fall down drunk since he was a young boy, he told me he started drinking when he was nine years old. Now, I never saw him drunk, ever. I didn't even know he was a drunk. So for 12 years, I would meet, see my brother and say, you're gonna be an evangelist. And he goes, why do you keep telling me that? I'm a drunk. I'm, a, I'm an addicted golfer drunk. All he did is play golf and get drunk. And he was a car salesman. Really good. So I tell him that for years. One night after 12 years, one night, I get a phone call, two or three in the morning, whatever it was, and I wasn't too happy about it. And I said, I said, what? To whoever it was. I didn't even know who it was. I just wasn't happy that they called me at two or three in the morning. I thought that was very selfish and insensitive. I said, what? And I heard his voice on the other side. He said, it's me. I said, why are you calling me at two or three in the morning? He said, because I couldn't sleep. I was watching TV. And I watched this. There was a preacher on there named Shamrock. Uh, yeah. I said, Shamrock? You mean Shambach? <laughs> yeah, 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 him. Screams, yells, says crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, I did it. I said, you did what? I got on my knees. I got saved. I asked Jesus. I did everything he told me to do. But I can't stop speaking these funny words. What's this coming out of my mouth. And he starts speaking in tongues. Over the phone. That changed my attitude right real quick. <laughs> so my brother led more people to Jesus selling cars plus got them to buy the cars at the same time sometimes he would get them to buy two cars we'd be at a restaurant and he would just stand up and start going table to table hugging people, smiling greeting people. You need Jesus in your life. That's what's going to make you happy. And they'd go, oh, okay, because they knew him from selling cars. And he'd been in the same town all his life. So he just knew everybody. My mother had a clothing store for women. She worked there since she was 17 years old. She gets saved and doesn't go out preaching or doing anything. No. All the women would come to her and while she's dressing them in the dressing room, they'd say, why are you so happy? She says, because my son told me about Jesus Christ and what he did for me, how he died for me. And my sins are all gone, and I'm free, and I'm, I, I sleep better, and I do all that. And they go, really? What, what, what did you have to do? While they're changing clothes. We're talking Jewish women. We're talking every kind of lost person that you can imagine. All kinds of women went in there, and she did it for years and years and years and years.. Amen. So there's no excuse for you not to be amazing. Amen. Praise the Lord? And well, I'm just at home with my children. Well, just believe God that He'll bring you somebody or do whatever you got to do with those children and make them world changers. Praise the Lord, but you got something. You got something to offer. Amen. Okay, so in in these things that we're talking about, uh, a beautiful scripture, Matthew 10:8, cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, drive out demons, freely without pay you have received, freely without charge give. That's the general call to all of us that we're supposed to Be healers. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go into the last part of types of healers so you can get an idea. We have the nine gifts of the Spirit. You have those? You got that? Found in chapter 12 and 14. You can read about them there. Okay? You have prophecy. You have word of wisdom. You have word of knowledge. You have tongues. You have interpretation of tongues. You have... Um, faith, you have healing, and you have miracles, you have tongues, and tongues are not the same as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, anyone can have, and you have a prayer language. The gift of tongues is many languages, not just one, but many. Praise the Lord. So that's how you know you have that gift, and some people have it. I happen to be one of them, but that's gifts that you That you have and so you can pray or prophesy in many different languages many 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 different languages and so you get interpretations for those things as well this convinces the lost that there is a god and he works supernaturally well the word of knowledge is very powerful because if you can tell people what's going on in their life this is very powerful word of wisdom is amazing because it solves any unsolvable problem with one phrase an example is jesus They bring the woman caught in adultery, and the law was very clear. If you catch a woman in adultery, you have to stone her. So all the Pharisees had their rocks in their hands to stone her and him. When he said, don't do it, they were going to stone him for blasphemy. But word of wisdom said to him, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Now he puts it back on them because they have to, in order to kill him and kill her, they have to say they're sinless. And to say you're sinless, only God is sinless, is blasphemy, and they would get stoned. Do you see that? That's called the word of wisdom. Praise the Lord. Prophecy, at many levels of prophecy, you have, you have that, you have, you know, Uh, The gift of faith, which is supernatural. You can believe God for anything. You have the gift of healing, which is uh, you lay hands on people and they get healed within a period of time, immediately or slowly or over a period of time. And then you have the gift of miracles, which is instantaneous recovery right on the spot. No waiting at all, whatever the problem is. Praise God. Then you have to determine for yourself which one of the nine gifts you're going to ask God to give you tonight before I lay hands on you. Be greedy is my advice. That's my advice. Be greedy. I know no one that operates in all nine, and I don't know why they would, but you should be greedy. What is it you are attracted to? What would you like God to use you to do? Would you like to walk up to people and know what's going on and then lead them to Jesus and get them saved or pray for something wrong in their body and and watch God heal it? Or do you want to pull people out of wheelchairs, lay hands on blind eyes and watch them open? Or whatever amazing miracles are going to happen? Because Jesus said, what I've done, you're going to do an even greater things than these. And look at all the things that Jesus did. Praise the Lord. You have a lot to look forward to. Unless you're lazy or indifferent. Praise God. Or you're covered in guilt and shame and don't believe God will ever use you. Understand that God will use a donkey. Not because he loves the donkey, but he loves the sick person. And whoever's around and available, he will use them. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be okay with that person. It just means that he will use whoever has faith to be used. Praise the Lord. Turn to nine people and say, holla, holla. Give somebody a high five and say, man, God is talking to you. Say, God is talking to you. Let's go through many different healing lives. So you have the healing gifts. Now you have the healing lives. These are lives you can live where one of those or several of those gifts are implanted into that area. I gave you the hospitality healer. I gave you the personality healer. I gave you the entrepreneur healer. I gave you the singing healer, so on and so forth. Praise the Lord now there have been cases where little children for example will start singing a song and everybody lost will get saved because god put inside of the little child in their voice he put the healing gift or the salvation gift or the gift of evangelism in their voice so when people hear them sing they want to get saved they don't know why they want to get saved they just know they do for example. Darlene check when she was leading Hillsong, when she sang, everybody just wanted to worship God. Because it was one of her life healing gifts is to lead worship. Many people can lead worship and you will fall asleep. But when a person has a gift in their worship leading, it literally opens heaven and you just go to heaven. You can have a healing gift in playing music. Just playing an instrument will heal people. Phil Driscoll can play the trumpet and all kinds of healings and miracles take place. There are many great musicians. You can go to any orchestra or symphony and hear them, but you're not going to get healed of cancer or blind eyes or broken heartedness. But if a person plays an instrument with great skill, plus they have the gifts of healing or miracles or or whatever else is in there, and that music comes, well, the notes go into your body and begin to heal it and repair you. And people have been known to walk out of wheelchairs while people were playing an instrument because of the healing power in the instrument. Praise the Lord. What if you're a nurse? Well, that's a tremendous opportunity, a tremendous opportunity, because you don't even have to ask permission from the people. Amen. You can actually pray for people to get healed, and they get healed and don't know how they got healed. Uh, but you were in the room and prayed for them, and they got healed. Or are you going to ask them? Do you have a, a minister? Do you want us to bring a minister? Oh, no, uh, yeah, I go to this church. I'm like, oh, so you're a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, you want me to pray for you? Yeah, I want you to pray for me. Okay, boom. Praise the Lord. I went to a hospital. A lady calls me. I didn't know her well. Uh, and she said, I'd like you to come to the hospital and pray for my husband. He's in a coma, and he's been in it for three days. And they told me he's never coming out. He's going to die. He's got fourth stage cancer or whatever. I go to the hospital. I pray for the gentleman. Felt nothing. Felt nothing. Nothing whatsoever, nothing dramatic. The bed didn't shake. The man didn't wake up. I didn't feel the power of God, nothing. I went home. I get a call the next morning, a frantic woman screaming and yelling. I said, well, who are you? Will you pray for my husband last night? I said, I know. He woke up this morning. He had a dream. And in the dream, Jesus told him, you need to wake up and get saved. Because you're going to hell if you don't. So they had been married for 30-something years, and the Lord had promised her that he would would get saved, and they would live together as Christians. So he wakes up, gets saved, gets healed, totally healed, walks out of the hospital with the wife, and then they live another however many years, 10, 20, whatever it was, as husband and wife Christians. Praise the Lord. Look at three people and say, holla, holla. I'm in a church. I look at a woman and the Holy Ghost speaks to me about the woman. And I say, ma'am, over there, would you stand up? I say, ma'am, you've been trying to have a child for 10 years and you haven't been doing it. Get pregnant now. Nine months later, she had a baby. I dedicated that baby. That's happened almost 200 times now. Look at three people and say, holla, holla. That's what I'm talking about. Now, some of you women are saying, no, 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 no. Don't tell me that. I call a couple up. I said, hey, how many kids do you have? Say, two. I said, you think you're done? And the guy, yeah, yeah, we're done. The wife, yeah, 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 we're done. Praise God, we're done. I said, okay. I don't know why I see two more children, but praise God. God bless you. Sit down. I come back the next year, they got another child. I come back this year, they got the fourth one. Look at three people and say, snap out of it. <laughs> Jesus is amazing. I'm in a church. I, I don't know anybody. And I saw a woman in the back. And I said, Ma'am, over there, would you stand up? I said, Ma'am, I don't know you, do I? Did we have a conversation? I said, I'm just hearing you've got fourth stage cancer. She's weeping while I'm talking. I said, Ma'am, you're healed. I left. I came back the next year a woman walks up to me says do you remember me I said no ma'am I don't remember you I don't know you yeah you called me out said I had fourth stage cancer I said, no I don't remember yeah I'm totally healed completely healed she said I I had test after test after test after test because my doctors did not believe it test after test after test when it was all said and done I had eight doctors. I got them all in there, and I said, would you sign this affidavit that I am no longer sick? They said, yes, we will. And would you write on there how that happened? Whatever you think it is. They have a name for, like, miracles now. They don't call them miracles. They call them some other names. It's like a medical name that they've invented for when, they, when people get healed and just walk out, and, and they don't know what to say. They wrote whatever that is in there. And then they, she said, now, can I have permission from the administrator, she went and talked to him, can I have permission to talk to any, any patients that are terminal, not, I'm not gonna do anything weird, I just wanna show them this paper and ask them if I can pray for them. So she goes in there and over a period of time, 30, 40, 50 people, whatever it is, get saved. I don't know how many got healed, she didn't tell me that, but, but that opened the door. Think about that in your life. Think about how many things in your life are boring and how much more exciting your life can be if you will just believe that God can give you the supernatural gifts and powers of His Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Let's go over some things. So, you have the prayer gifts. There are actual gifts that will heal people of prayer. You have general prayer, which is you just go over there and pray for a person, and God gives you that gift of praying for people. You're never going to preach. You just go pray for people. It's your gift. And you love doing it. And many people get healed. And nobody ever knows your name. You die. And when you get to heaven, all the angels are waiting with thousands of people. And they all start clapping. Because you did what God called you to do. And hundreds and possibly thousands of human beings were saved in your secret life of praying for people secretly with no one having to know you have then the supernatural healing gift of intercession. Intercession is not just somebody out of willpower going over there and speaking in tongues for 30 minutes while they watch their clock. Okay, that's not the gift of intercession. That's just somebody wanting to intercede and and just doing it. Intercession is not just something you go do at a meeting. It's something you are you literally are standing next to a person and begin to intercede for the person. It's on you all the time. I know because I have it. You just get next to a person and you just start praying and they start reacting to your prayer. I first saw this work in my life while I was in high school. I was just saved. I was about 18 years old and the basketball team was going to a a game and by this time, most of the whole team was saved. And most of them were baptized in the Holy Spirit. On the football team, not the basketball team. The basketball team, uh, this, I was just, we were just starting this. And the fella in front of me uh, started acting like he was sick. And so the spirit of intercession came on me. I put my hand on him and I started praying in the Holy Ghost out loud. And everybody could hear me. And he starts throwing up getting delivered on the on the on the bus he gets totally healed right on the spot he said wow i feel better and he starts cussing because he's not saved but that man within a month got saved and is saved today Amen. i just saw him in january Serve God all these years, tells that story to everybody, says it changed my entire destiny and life. I am a man of God today because of that prayer that went through my body. I could actually feel it going through my body. Intercession. Praise the Lord. You may have the gift of prayer that allows you to get on your knees and and you just start seeing pictures of people's faces. This is a very deep intercession. And you do this in private. At home, and it's very powerful. Then there are many other levels of that as well, but because of time, I'm just trying to cover a variety of things. Praise God. So um, then you have the paymaster's gift. A paymaster is a person given the gift to make money and pay off pe- people's debts. Paymasters are what every church needs and all ministries need people who are in the church who have money, whose job it is to pay off debts. That's what their gift is. They, because remember that, that money is the 10th gift. Because money creates miracles. All you have to do is pay off a church and you've created a miracle for that church. Now they can build something else and do more for God. I require paymasters like Pastor Jack requires paymasters to build all the things that I must build that require millions of dollars. I have to have people write me checks for a dollars $200,000, dollars $400,000 in order for me to fulfill the ministry that I have. It takes millions of dollars a year for me to run the ministry I have. I have over 100 employees. You can understand that it requires millions of dollars. And paymasters make those things happen. People who go out there, nobody ever knows who they are. They have their businesses. They have their jobs. They raise their money. Then God speaks to their heart, and they write the checks and pay off stuff everywhere they go and make people's dreams come true. Like little Suseli, I have to rely on the paymasters out there who are willing to do $50 a month to be able to pay for her room and board. I had to rely on that to pay for the year of school. And two churches rose up and say because it was twelve or thirteen thousand and said, We'll pay half, and the other one said we'll pay the other half. And there it is. Praise the Lord. Amen. And that's how it works. You may have that gift. I hope you do, because everybody wants it. Turn to three people and say, I want to be a millionaire. Be a millionaire. Hey, remember, don't be shy about asking for money. Don't be shy about it. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, I, I, I need money. I need millions of dollars. I need of dollars. What would you do with millions of dollars? You would bless people if you're a paymaster. If you're not a paymaster, you tell everybody to go jump in the lake, disappear, and nobody would ever see you again. Seven people have promised me millions of dollars at different levels. Seven people. All seven got their money. I prayed them through it. Got their money. Promised me a certain amount. I didn't do it for that reason, but they said, this is what we feel God told us to do. They got their millions, disappeared, never to be seen again. Haven't seen them to this day. Money changes a greedy heart. Praise the Lord. But a paymaster, when they have money, all they see is healing. That's all they see. I'm gonna take care of all those orphans. I'm gonna take care of that church. I'm gonna take care of that pastor. I'm gonna pay that pastor's house off. So I'm praying for the payment of houses for people to have their homes paid off. I pray over the pastor. I said, somebody's gonna pay your house off. Boom, boom, boom. I come back the next year, he says, Ivan, we're having dinner. He says, a man came up to me and um, he didn't pay my house off. He gave me a house and I hate it. I said, you hate the house? Is it like rotten and all that? He said, no, it's worth almost $3 million. It's got a swimming pool and it's on a golf course, but I can't get my wife out of it. I like my old house. I said, are you complaining about God giving you a $3 million house? He said, yeah. I said, I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. How many of you would complain if God gave you a $3 million house totally paid off? Just handed it to you with a huge swimming pool overlooking a beautiful valley with on a golf course. Paid for. And you don't like it because you like your old house. And your wife says, I ain't leaving. That's what she told him. She told me that. I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving. You go live over there if you want. I'm living over here. God blessed us, and I've been praying for this our whole marriage. And she's in the pool all day long. She says, I never get out. Give somebody a high five and say, I want that gift. Well, if you're a true paymaster, you've already been giving money. Even if you don't have it, you give it, because that's what a paymaster does. Greedy people don't even tithe. Greedy people never time. Praise the Lord. Well, I didn't feel the love on that statement, so praise the Lord. I'm going over here because I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm over here talking to myself. Oh, you mentioned the T word. Praise the Lord. You then have writers who are gifted from God to write. You have artists who are gifted from God to create art and to have the gift of creativity on many levels. This could be choreographed things. This could be paintings. This could be music. This could be many things. You have conductors. You have music, musical writers, which are people who can write music and can heal an entire church with one song. Praise the Lord. Uh, So you have inventors, people who have a gift of inventing things. That's their gift. They invent things, create all kinds of wealth, and then change the world. I called a man out at a church. I didn't know him from Adam. I said, sir, God's going to give you three inventions, and it's going to make you a multimillionaire. Don't forget the kingdom of God. That's all I said. I'm preaching at a church. A man comes up to me. He says, you remember me? I said, no, I don't remember you. He said, well, about 10 years ago, you called me out and said I would invent three things and become an instant millionaire. He says, I uh, do welding, and that's my business. And I invented three things, and I became an instant millionaire. I said, well, why are you telling me? Are you going to give me money? That's what I told him. He said, yeah, I'm going to give you money. I said, hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. If I have something to do with it, I also have the right to claim some of the blessing, and there's nothing wrong with that. When Pastor Jack preaches to you year after year after year, as he will till he's, what, 100 years old, he'll be preaching up here, he he should have a right to have all his life blessed, which it is. It's all blessed. He doesn't owe anybody anything and all those kind of things. Uh, But also all those blessings of all whatever it may be as it passed down to other sons and so on and so forth. Praise the Lord and grandchildren and all that. It just multiplies and multiplies and multiplies. Because what could be greater for Pastor Jack and Mary Jean if they got to see all their sons preach and all their grandchildren preach? No, really, what could be greater? All their sons and all their grandsons preach. What could be greater than that? What greater reward can a father or grandfather have I have all my children are preachers, all six of them. I have grandchildren now that are preaching and ministering, three of them. They live in Guatemala. They preach in English and Spanish. Turn to seven people and say, ay, 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 hermano. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's a hot enchilada. And now we have all these orphans being raised up. Praise God. So don't think that when you give $50, it's no big deal, and you decide not to keep giving it. No, don't do that. Stay faithful to your $10, $20, $30, because people like me depend on all of those kind of things. Praise God. Inventors, some of you might do that. Praise God. Then you have verbal healers, which are people that heal through language. Some people know how to talk to people, and when they talk to them, they heal them. You have then proclaimers or preachers, people that can get behind a pulpit, open everybody up, pour God inside, and get supernatural results from it. You have people that have a preaching gift to win souls. Some people, preachers cannot win souls for their whole life. They can't do it. But other preachers, it's like butter. Other preachers can teach, and they can change the entire course of your life by those things. It's verbal gift. Then there's verbal healers, which people that heal people through language. They know how to repair the damage of verbal abuse. And how many of you here have not been verbally abused? Praise the Lord. Then you have the healers of souls, which are people whose specific healing life is to heal wounded souls, not the body but the soul. They have a gift for broken hearts. They have a gift for wounded people. They just flow in that and it, they can detect it. They can feel it. And then the gift flows and healings manifest. Then you have body healers, people who don't have any, any a connection to the soul at all. They don't care if your heart is broken. They just see your body They see sicknesses and diseases in the body, and they want to heal those, and they have a gift to heal the physical body. And gifts are very specific. Healing lives are very specific. It can be just you you can heal crooked backs, but nothing else. It's just the way I've seen it work. Other people can pray for headaches, and they're gone. Other people can pray for cancer, and it's gone. People are different. Some people can do everything. So it's according to your faith, like I said, you should be greedy. Praise God. Just ask God to give you everything. Amen? Amen. Then you have people whose specific gift is the deliverance of demonic oppression. They have deliverance gifts. They can detect demons around people, go over there and loose them and set them free. They can walk into a home and detect demon spirits in the home and cast them out of the house and heal the house. They can detect them on children. They can detect them on women. They can detect them on others through the gift of discerning of spirits. They have that gift inside of them, and they can discern the presence of evil spirits, and they can discern the presence of angels and the presence of the Holy Spirit in the multiple manifestations the Holy Spirit would appear For example, a person with that gift could say the spirit of worship is here. Let's keep worshiping. Or there's a gift of prophecy here. Let's begin to prophesy. Or there's the gift of miracles. Let's walk in miracles now. Or there's a gift of comfort here. Let's begin to comfort those that are wounded. This is a gift. It's the gift of discernment, the ability to discern bad spirits and good spirits, both. It's a very powerful gift, and you should ask God for it. Because some of you are living in a house with demons. There are demons in your house right now. Here are the three ways you can know that there are demons in your house. One, you have nightmares. Two, your children have nightmares. This is the presence of demonic activity in the home. You may have moved into that home with a demonic activity already present. But it's your job to clean the house. And you do that by taking oil... Anoint all the windows and all the doors and then command all the evil spirits to leave and plead the blood of Jesus on the entire house and every room, every door, every window. Put the blood of Jesus on everything and say, no demons are welcome here. Get out of this house and then invite the Holy Spirit to come and control the atmosphere of your home. But if you're going to drink whiskey, watch pornography, just remember... That if you watch pornography, you are going to Satan's church. And if you pay for the pornography, you're tithing to Satan. And when you tithe to Satan, you give him the power to send demons to your children. This is why you can't afford to have a kinky life when no one is watching. Be a man of God, be a woman of God, or don't go serve the devil. But please don't bring those things onto your children. Just live a sanctified life. Praise the Lord. Now, evil's not coming in your house as you're turning the channels and something happens, because all TVs are already pornographic. Without the pornography channels, they're still pornographic. All you got to do is watch football, and, and uh, all those women shaking everything around, it's very pornographic. <laughs> But everybody has been desensitized. But the more time you spend in the Word, the less you can handle that. You cannot handle it. You literally cannot watch it. It makes you sick. But then there are Christians watching those things for hours hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours a day. 70%. Seven out of ten men. Four out of ten women. Don't feel the love right now. Back over here. Better move to another subject. Praise God. Turn to six people and say, praise God, I'm glad he's not talking about me. Turn around and give somebody a high five and say, praise God, he's not talking about me. Then you have the love healer which their healing life is the life of love. They have so much love that just they're so anointed with love that they just get near you and you start forgiving everybody. Because they rub off that love gets on you and you just start weeping and saying, oh, man, I got to forgive people. And you think you're just doing it because the presence of God showed up. But the presence of God didn't show up. They brought the presence of God in their healing life, which is love. Then you have the healing life of joy. Joy people who have that gift will stand next to a person in depression and just stand there. And the spirit of joy will get on them and they'll get delivered from depression just by standing next to the person. And it's very hard to have that gift while you're on drugs. Praise the Lord. Joy doesn't flow very well through reefers. Or cocaine or heroin or Prozac. You've got to remember that these are places that God's going to gift you to go tonight. Praise God. I'm almost done and then I'll pray for you and lay hands on you. And it won't take a long time. To do it, but remember faith touches faith, then a miracle is born. And I touch you, knowing that I'm doing three things: imparting gifts to you, calling gifts out of you, and releasing gifts that are buried inside you. Praise God. You've got to do the the work. And that's not a word a lot of Christians like, but really. If you don't work, you don't eat. And it's the same in Christianity. If you don't work, you don't experience. Come on. It's the way it is. Amen. You reap what you sow. Praise the Lord. All right, look at two people and just shake them. Just grab them and shake them and say, snap out of it. <laughs> then you have the healer of orphans. What their healing life is to children, especially orphan children. They're not happy with anyone else, just orphans. That's their healing life. They get around orphans and they flourish. You have people that get around widows and flourish. They just love widows and the elderly, and that's where they're at it. That's where they feel at home, and that's where the gifts work. They work with widows. Praise the Lord. Uh, Then you have people who best give works when they're feeding the poor. That's what they're called to do. They're called to feed the poor to give food to people that are starving to death. Then you have the gift of dreaming and dreams. And these are people who go to sleep, and God speaks to them about people. And then they call them up and said, I had this dream. Does it mean anything to you? And the people start weeping and crying. Yeah, I had that dream three days ago. Well, here's what it means. And here's what's going to happen. And boom. Amen. Praise, God. Praise God. Look at three people and say, that's what I'm talking about. I need some Holy Ghost stuff. Then you have people who heal businesses. Their gift is to heal sick businesses. They'll go to somebody's business that's failing, pray over it, heal it, and the business turns around. And that's their gift. When you locate a person like that, if you have a, a business that's not going good, you want those people to go pray for your business because whatever they touch will prosper. And you want that prosperity on your, on your business. Praise God. It's a great gift to have. Then you have education gifts, which are teachers of all kinds. Teachers in in public schools, teachers in Christian schools, teachers in churches, teachers anywhere about anything that teach with God, for God, through God to to make people recover. Some people have the gift of educating other people, and you need to have that gift. Then there's the gift of counseling. You need people who, my wife has this, my daughters have this. They sit for hundreds of hours with these children. Hundreds of hours of prayer. Hundreds of hours of listening and counseling. Hundreds of hours. And I tell them, there is no way on this earth I can do it. I cannot do that. I have no gift and I have no grace for it. I can do this. But to sit there? For hours and hours, child after child after child after child, I'm ashamed to say it, but I just don't have the grace to do it. But my wife and daughters, that's what they do. They start at 6 in the morning sometimes and will go till 2 in the morning. I've seen, her, seen them do it so many times and they're refreshed by it. But the rest of us, we're dying. What are you talking <laughs> Unless it's what you're gifted to do, and your gifts flow through it. then Like Jesus said at the well, he says, you, I, I have water you don't know about. I have food you don't know about. To do my Father's will feeds me. Amen. And that's what it's like when you find the healing life that God has given you. Praise the, Praise the Lord. There's a healing gift of rescuing, and all you want to do is just rescue people, all people, any people. And you thrive to do. You just go around looking for people that need rescuing. Now, this is a dangerous gift, especially because my wife has this gift. It's very dangerous because you may not know who's going to end up at your house. You come home and say, oh, yeah, they're going to be staying with us. They're going to be staying with us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. We have six children. Two of them are adopted. Two boys that were the nephews of my wife. They're the the biological children of her twin brother. And so when they were very little, let's say four and five, four, five, and six, whatever, she came home one day from a court case where her brother was getting divorced for the third time. And she said, God told me today he was going to give us those boys. I said, he's going to give us those boys? When? I don't know. So I said, and she said, but I'm telling you, so when it happens, you won't freak out and say no so years go by years go by i come home one day and there's one of the boys he's about 13 or 14 or something like that i said what's he doing here well they he's ours what are you talking about yeah he he dropped him off and gave us gave him to us remember what i told you (laughs) that's what i did i just started crying (laughs) Because I knew what this meant for me. It meant a life of a thousand deaths. (laughs) Because I know my wife, and my wife is going to say, You need to spend time with him. You need to mentor him. You need to talk to him. You need to disciple him. (laughs) (laughs) Three days later comes the second boy, and he's dropped off. I said, well, what just happened? Well, we got the second one. Remember what I told you?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it took me one year to get in the spirit of love. One year. I faked it for one year. And I mean faked it good. But I faked it. And then... The Holy Spirit said, you are their father. And I said, oh, God. And everything changed inside me. He said, these are orphans and you rescue orphans. That's your calling. Now do it. I said, yes, sir. I'm so sorry. A whole year. I mean, I was kind of rough on you. <laughs> so I repented. But praise the Lord. Now they're a big blessing to, the, to us and to the family and all that. And they're just like my children. You know, it's a miracle. But you don't want, God will shove you into places that you don't even know you can go. Your gift makes room for you. Or your gift makes a room for you. A gifted person with a gift, take a pastor. A pastor with a huge gift never stops growing and is never happy until they grow into the size of their gift. If their gift says, I need 10,000 people, that pastor will never be happy till he has 10,000 people. Some giftless preachers can be happy with 20 people in their living room. They just want their bills paid because they have no gift. Wow. You will never go to where your destiny is without the gifts. And that's what you're about to get. Amen. Praise, the Praise the Lord. There's, of course, many, many, many other things, many, many other gifts, of all the different gifts of the church all the five-fold ministry gifts, then you have all the help gifts and many, many, many different kinds of gifts, all different kinds of things. You may have the gift of repairing vehicles, building buildings. Do you know that I have built buildings all over planet Earth since I was 19 years old? I have built churches and given them away, orphanages and given them away. I'm not boasting, but I don't build. My anointing is to to bring the spirit of building on other people. So I bring all these men and women from all over the world. They travel with me, and we go into jungle villages. We go in there, and then God will heal someone in the village, and then the entire village gets saved, and we, we build them a church for 500 people. When they started with 12, and now they have 500 in the church and another 300 standing outside. And that has happened many times. But I'm going to tell you the truth. If I get on a piece of property and I and, and God tells me this is your property, I want you to build. If I get on it and stand there, buildings are going to start flying up. I've done it all over the world. The money comes in like a river. I searched for a piece of land in Guatemala to build the orphanage we have there for six months. One week out of every month, all I do every day is just look at property, look at property, look at. When I found the property, and and and. Um, uh, Jack's been there, and, and um, uh, Brother Jack, have you been there? No, you, you, you haven't been there. Praise the Lord. Okay, well. But anyway, uh, it's beautiful, beautiful piece of property. And uh, so I, I was standing there, and I was looking over this valley, and the Holy Spirit says, here I can heal children. So then it was about 10 acres or whatever it was. I don't know, something like that. And uh, I asked the person what it was, how much it was, and it was $120,000. Well, I didn't have $5 for that. By the next day, I had $120,000. The next day, I just picked up the phone, called all my preacher friends, and said, "I need you to give me $5,000 because I'm going to build this." Oh, okay. I need you to give me $5,000 because I'm build this. I need you to give me $5,000. And they all, none, not one of them said no. They all said, yay, yeah, yay, yeah, yay, yeah, yay, yeah, yay. Yeah. Boom, we bought the land, and boom, the buildings are up, and boom. Amen. All glory to Jesus. Amen. But understand that your gift will make room for you. Your gift will create a life for you. And your gift will make you a healer. Amen. Praise, God. Praise God. Can everybody say Hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, stand up, turn around three times, give somebody a high five, and uh, we're going to flow to the ending now in the name of Jesus on all of this. Tell some, give them a big hug, say, I love you, praise God. Put on my music. You may be seated for, for the last part. And before we do the last part, let's take up the offering uh, for our guest speaker, Brother Ivan Tate. Hallelujah. I want you to buy some meals, if you would. Buy as many as you can. Remember, $1 buys one meal. And we have to raise uh, 13,500 meals for every month. And uh, that's what I'm doing. That's part of my job. That's what I have to do. Praise the Lord. So I tell people, hey, uh, how many meals can you buy? Remember that 90 meals feeds one child for one month, 90 meals. And so whatever you want to do, that'll be great. I'm going to have Brother Jack come up. He'll take the offering, then I'll come back and pray for you and get you ready for you to get things. Praise the Lord.
1: Hallelujah. Well, I don't need to add anything to it. So ushers, if you would come, hold up your seed, name your seed, amen. Amen. Name what you're sowing into. You know, this is true religion, widows and orphans, and what we're doing, if you want to be religious, this is the most religious thing you can ever do. So, Father, we thank you for an opportunity to sow and to give. We thank you for an opportunity, Lord, to actually impact the lives of those less fortunate than us. So, Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over this offering. We thank you, Lord, that every need is met in every one of his orphanages in Guatemala and in Kenya and all over the world, and we thank you, Lord, that um, you're just increasing our sensibility and our, Lord, just enlarge our capacity to give, Heavenly Father, enlarge our capacity to give in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? If you're making out a check, you can make it out to WHCC, and we'll make him one big check, and we'll add to it, and... We're going to feed some orphans. Amen? Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Pastor Jack. Uh, And then remember, all of you that took the cards, if you could fill them out and give them to me, that is just putting a voided check or your credit card. Those are the two ways. And then fill out the other information and fill out the information on that side and take Suseli's picture as well. We'll try to have video put up on our internet so that you can Get a report from her as to how she's doing and what's going on. Amen? And, of course, if any of you want to go to Spain with us when we go, well, praise God. Um, so they're taking up the offering. Okay, great. So we're going to lay hands on people. If I could, Do we have oil, Pastor Jack? If I could get that oil. And uh, yeah, that's great. So the laying out of hands produces miracles only in those that have faith in the power of the laying on of hands. And that's really, really important. What your job is, is to identify gifts that you want God to give you. More details on the healing lives will have to come if you order that whole series. But I gave you enough things to give you general ideas that those nine gifts... Part of those nine gifts are what we're asking God to give you tonight or to call out of you or to release if they're bound up. And then you've got to ask God for whatever you want him to give you. Praise the Lord. I can't imagine anyone not asking God to give you something. I, 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 I can't even imagine it. Praise the Lord. What a, what amazing person you would be if God would just use you in something, supernaturally use you, it would just be amazing. Praise God. Amen. And uh, so and there's a lot of things I didn't name. I didn't even name any of the craft gifts, which, which are woodworking gifts, where you actually sell things that have an anointing on them, chairs that have an anointing on them, and people actually like get healed. I mean, there's some serious, serious, spectacular diversity ...in the kingdom of God that can happen through your life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Do you know what you want God to give you? Yes. If you know, raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. If you don't know, what are you attracted to of those nine gifts? Prophecy? Uh, word of knowledge? Word of wisdom? Tongues? Interpretation of tongues? Tongues? Uh, Faith, healing, miracles, discerning of spirits. These are very powerful things. And ask God because he wants to give you. Remember, it's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. Praise the Lord. So let's begin with this section over here. You're just going to walk by. Uh, Don't stop unless I stop you. And then I'm going to anoint you with oil. And then you get to decide, you know, what, what you want. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. just going to anoint you with oil as you walk by. Thank you, and that's it, just like that. And I release whatever, whatever it is that you need. And be healed in your body, man. Praise God. Be healed from your family, man. Praise God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, man. Uh, your prayers for your family are answered. Praise God in the name of Jesus. You will have that gift of healing. Thank you, Jesus. Be restored in your body for all the faithful years. Double portions. Praise God. Your past is totally forgiven and gone. Praise God. Jesus will use your whole family will get saved. God will give you the gift of miracles and get drug addicts off drugs and prisoners out of jail. Praise God. All the love you've lacked is now coming your way. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Double portions. Thank you, God, for the anointings. Thank you, God, for a supernatural memory. Thank you, God, for the gift of compassion. Thank you, God, for the gift of compassion and healing. Thank you, God, for miracles. Thank you, God, for the whole family at peace. Thank you, Jesus, for identity. Thank you, God, for the healing of your mind. Intercessor, in the name of Jesus, thank you, God, for the gift of healing. Thank you, God, for perfect sanity of mind when you touch people. Thank you, God, for peace. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for deliverance in the house. Thank you, God, for God speaking to you and you knowing it was God. Thank you for the healing of your mind, soul, spirit, and body. Thank you, God, for our new open doors. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Ghost in your body. Thank you, God, for divine purpose. Thank you, Jesus, for the joy of the Lord. Thank you, God, for the deliverance of wounds and hurt and abuses and bondages, and the hand of the devil on you is broken. Satan is leaving every aspect of your family and life. Suicidal thoughts are gone forever. Depression is lifting off you right now, and I'm setting you free. You've been abused. Even as a little girl, I can see it, and God is healing you of that right now. That was the devil. That wasn't God. But now God is healing you of that so you can heal others. From that, the pain you've carried all these years is now leaving your body, and now you'll be able to lay hands on people who have that pain, and they'll be healed of that in the name of Jesus. And you'll have no more shame and no more guilt, and people will no longer use you and abuse you because you're looking for love and affection. All that is broken off you. God loves you. God wants you. God adopts you. God accepts you. God says, you're my daughter. You're my daughter. You're my daughter. I love you just the way you are. You're beautiful to me. You're beautiful to me. You're wonderful to me. I love you. Come close to me. Approach me. Get near to me. I will be your best friend. I'll take the loneliness that's been inside you since you were a young child. Out of your soul and spirit in the name of Jesus. And every person that's rejected you is now leaving your memory. Hurts and bitternesses are going away from you in Jesus' name. This is your day of new beginnings right now in Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Supernatural open doors right there and windows. Thank you, God. Evangelist of God to win many souls and approach people who other people are afraid to approach. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Answer prayers. Thank you, God, for a mind... That is totally well. The stress that's on your body is leaving you right now. That heavy stress, that big weight that is on you, the concerns you have, all the different things that you've been feeling that you can't even talk to people about. Jesus Christ is healing you of that right now. He loves you right now and He cares for you. You're not going down the same road you've been going. Your emotional momentum is about to change. Inside of you a song will be born that has been dead for many years Life will be born joy will be born singing will be born lightness will be born Dancing will be born and the things you rely on Chemically will be broken off you and you'll live your life by the presence of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God for I'm making you a healer of rejected women unloved women unwanted women that'll come to your house and meet the Savior, and you'll baptize them in the Holy Ghost. And you will no longer be controlled by any person and their behavior. You'll be happy with Jesus. He's the center of your joy. Everybody else in the world could reject you, and you'll still be happy. This is the power and strength that God has given you, and you'll pass it on to your family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Be anointed. You're a great artist and great creator. Be anointed by God in the name of Jesus with many creative gifts. Much success financially in the name of Jesus and the heart of healing. Thank you, Lord, for compassion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for that miracle. Thank you, Lord, for that blessing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for the spirit of life that death leaves everywhere you walk into. Thank you, Jesus, for recovery Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of the Lord upon you, for the prison doors of your personality to be healed and open right now, for everything that encompasses you that is not of the Holy Spirit is leaving and breaking, and Jesus is entering in with an army of soldiers to protect you, to deliver you, and to set you free and to give you freedom, for you have had trauma and shock and you have had tragedies of life And many things have happened to you as a young child, growing up as a teenager, and many things in your adult life that you cannot answer, you cannot figure out. Fear has gripped your soul and spirit, and we drive it out of you today. In the name of Jesus, there will be a free person. The cage is open, and you can fly out in Jesus' name. Praise God. Intercessor, miracle worker, and the gift of miracles. Praise God. The blessing of God. Thank you, Jesus. You won't be poor, and poverty is broken, and you'll have the money you need to live the life you want, and a heart of compassion and the fear of the Lord will be upon you. Expect many changes of body, soul, and spirit over the next seven years. Praise God. Obey God when he tells you, and you will prosper and have success. Thank you, God, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I see a very strong warrior. You are a warrior woman. You have the gifts of a warrior. You can call people out of darkness. You can call people out of prison, out of jail. You can call people that are addicted to drugs in your family out of it. You can break witchcraft over your family tree, and it will break, and people will be loose. People will hear my voice and pay attention to the sound of my voice, and you will have the power to do it in the name of Jesus. And do not allow any person to put you in any bondage or limit you. You have no limits. You are free to be the woman I've created you to be. To be the mighty warrior that I've created you to be. Tear the devil's kingdom to pieces. Rip it to shreds with your prophetic gift and the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's in your mouth. When you speak, I will hear and I will do it and make it happen. In the name of Jesus, do not look back. For the wolves are there. The snakes are there. The tragedies are there. Look ahead there I am. My arms are open wide. I welcome you to a new life. Now make all the right choices, make all the right adjustments, and live the life I've called you to live. In Jesus' name, I will be with you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. God is calling you to a higher place, one you've never walked in before, but you must take the steps and go up there. Come up higher, my son. Come up to a place you've never been before in character, in thinking, in emotions, in lifestyle, in everything. Rise up. You are a man of the sword and I will give you a sword that the devil cannot withstand or break. It is two-edged. One side to keep you in line and one side to cut the head off of your enemies. I'll prosper you when you do this. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of God. Thank you, Lord, for the healing of God in your body. Thank you, God, for the healing of God in your body. Thank you, God, for the people you've been praying for. Thank you, God, for a mighty preacher, a prophet of God. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for the life of God. Thank you for a prophet God of God, a mighty man of valor and a great servant of the Lord all the days of his life. Thank you for Lori, a woman of God, That is uh, uh, respected and honored in heaven, Lori. Everybody in heaven knows your name. The angels clap when they think about you because of your pure heart. You're a servant and a handmaiden of God in heaven. God loves the sound of your voice. You're one of his favorite daughters in all the universe of all time. He loves you and he has not forgotten your labor. He has not forgotten the hours and hours and hours that you obeyed him without even feeling his presence. You obeyed him without feeling his strength. You just did the right thing, no matter what. And you have made God famous in Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for a mighty man of valor in heaven. Thank you for the servant spirit, God. Thank you for the, uh, the spirit of life and power and joy, God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all the beautiful pictures that I'm seeing right there that you are painting in your spirit and God is going to make all those come to true for people that you see those pictures about. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name for this beautiful family. And give them all the desires of their heart. This year is a year of granted desires. A year of big yes. Wow. Of big yeses. All the things you wish for, I will give them to you. And not withhold anything. For it is my joy to give it to you. I'll not restrain myself. I'll not minister to you. Towards you with closed hands, but with open hands. And everything in my hands, you can have. Thank you, Lord. Give them all those things, Jesus. And as the years go by, make them wealthier and wealthier and wealthier in the true riches of life in Jesus' name. Everybody say, I receive that for myself. Praise God. I bless you with the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of joy, the spirit of love and kindness in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Everybody lift your hands and say, praise God. It is 8.04. I am done. And there's Pastor Jack. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.